welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and welcome back for another brand new episode. I hope you're doing well. I hope you didn't get stung on April Fool's Day. We did get a teaser for the real housewives of Dubai on April Fool's Day, which at first I was like, well, we know the show's coming. <laughs> so this clearly is an April Fool's. So I'm glad that we got that to kind of counteract some of the madness that we saw on April 1st. And of course, in other Housewives news this week, we did get a trailer for the new season of Real Housewives of Atlanta, which looks incredible. Honestly, with Dubai, Atlanta and Beverly Hills back, apparently in early May, according to a, a date that Garcelle gave the press during the week, we're going to have a lot of Housewives on our hands, which I'm very excited about. I'm also very excited about today's guest, the one and only Blair Wilson, aka Yolanda Fister, one of the funniest accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and apparently TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but I'm glad to hear that Blair is, and he's managed to snag the handle for all of those platforms, for all of his amazing posts. He's just really funny, has such a great take on all these shows and a sense of humour about them that I think is sometimes missing in the Bravo fandom like some of the accounts just go so wild over the smallest things it's very strange so we had a great chat we talked about shows airing the moment of course like OC in New Jersey we got into Atlanta we actually talked before the trailer came out but our conversation kind of lines up quite well I think we talked about Melbourne Sydney Miami Potomac we discussed the New York news. Obviously, in case you missed it last week, I dropped two episodes, a regular interview kind of episode style thing with Lauren O'Neill about Salt Lake City and some other stuff, and an extra episode with Jen Gannon about the big news about New York. So that is on the podcast feed if you missed it, and myself and Blair talked about it a bit as well today. Just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the interview. The show is going a little break this month. I am in New York As you're hearing this, all going to plan. I will be in New York when this episode drops. And I wanted to have a little breather from editing and working the podcast so I can enjoy my break and not have to try and edit, you know, between, I don't know, glamorous lunches and other New York things that I'm going to do. I don't know. I just needed a breather. So the show will be back after this episode on the 26th of April. If that date is to change in any way, I will, of course, let you know on the social media channels for this podcast, which, of course, are Housewives and Me on Twitter and Instagram. So keep an eye there. But yes, there will be a bit of a break and the show will be back on the 26th of April. But before we do that, we have this amazing interview for you now. So without any further ado, here is Blair Wilson on Housewives and Me. My guest today is one of the funniest people on Twitter. He is the man behind the hilarious Yolanda Fister Twitter and Instagram account. If you're not following, go do so almost now while you're listening. I I implore you. Blair Wilson, you are very welcome to Housewives and Me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am an avid listener, so it's such an honour. Oh, thank you. That's very good to hear. And also, you're like my second ever Scottish guest. And I do think Scottish and Irish people have like very similar vibes, so I'm excited for this Gaelic moment. No, totally. <laughs> to today. We're totally in sync. Honestly, we're so <laughs> sisters. <laughs> I feel like you have a much nicer accent than me because, like, even I'm always like, I don't feel like I have a very strong Irish accent. So it's nice to have a, a Scottish brogue in the mix today. Oh, please. I'm always like stunned when people say they can actually understand me. So um, that's just <laughs> a blessing at any time. <laughs> I kind of want to ask you about basically every city and big news at Rony that's come out recently and um, all that stuff. But before all that, because you are like known by so many Bravo fans now for all these hilarious memes, I'm just so curious, how did you get into Housewives as a show? Um, It started with like, I believe I was like, I can't remember what year it was I was at school, but I had like a free period towards the end of a Monday. So I would like make it a ritual of coming home, um, making myself a cup of tea, something to eat and watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. And it just became wow. like such a ritual. And obviously like that show 
is enough to just get you addicted to the entire franchise in itself. Um, yeah. Obviously, Nini was my favourite, but um, I would just love coming home from school and watching that. Um, and yeah, it just started with Atlanta and kind of snowballed as soon as um, Hey You came around. Good old Hey You is, is such a gateway drug as well. It literally, yes. So it starts with Atlanta and then what happens? And then we go to, I think I started with Atlanta, then went to Beverly Hills in New York, kind of at the same time, kind of alternating between, I did something terrible, which was I would only watch the the reunions of New York and oh. Beverly Hills. <laughs> I know, I know it's shameful. I'm, I'm the Antichrist. But it kind of, I needed that... Um, thing to grab my attention that I needed the scandal and the drama to grab my attention and say okay wait a minute I need to go back and watch this season so that worked um and then I just mm-hmm. kind of started re-watching them all from there and that's obviously um when I went on Hey You and seen the Australian Housewives as well that was just like <gasps> another level oh, of insanity that I'm I was making a note I'm making a note to ask <laughs> you about those <laughs> I mean they're just like <laughs> insane in another level so that was so fun to watch as well and yeah, I just got like addicted to like watching all these franchises. Some mm-hmm. were much better than others. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's funny you say about the reunion scene because I know people who do that, yeah. or I know people who recommend people do that to start. And I'm a bit like, I don't like. In one way, it's certainly cutting out the middleman, but it's also like I would not recommend <laughs> I don't know. it now. It's, yeah, like, looking I don't back, know. <laughs> I do not recommend it. But at the time, I felt like I just needed that kind of thing like I needed something to kind of kick me up yeah. the arse and just tell me to get into it because mm-hmm. I knew I would end up loving it I do think sometimes if a new season is about to drop re-watching the reunion is not a bad idea and I know actually like sometimes Bravo will marathon like a season before a new right. one drops or they'll they'll play the last part of a reunion before a premiere of a new season so like that does work in a way so you've like you've d- you're now kind of in deep with pretty much all the shows yeah how did like and I know that you had a different <laughs> social media handle for a while, yeah. but how did at Yolanda Fister come to be and what made you want to do memes and make people laugh with like kind of clips and jokes about the shows? Um, Honestly, like it just kind of happened like organically as I was watching the shows, like sad, as sad as it sounds, like there's nothing really special to it. I would like get high, put on an episode of Housewives <laughs> and then as I was like, fallen asleep in like this high coma I would hear them say something so outlandish <laughs> and so insane and my brain would start thinking of like situations where I could like work a joke in there and then I would just like tweet it and it's just it sounds so stupid but that's how it started and that's pretty much my process to this day. <laughs> I love this like insight it, as you say your process and also just the idea that you're like little buzz maybe drifting off to sleep and then like I don't know Luan or Karen Huger disappears to you in a vision and says something and you go oh, that's a meme I swear it's like it's like being whispered secrets from the meme gods of the universe like I can't it, it's so perfect but yeah that's like my sad process of like trying to make a funny tweet <laughs> that's iconic it's like that's you know Lady Gaga talking about House of Gucci this is Blair Wilson talking about Yolanda Fister they're all <laughs> There we're all this on an artistic it. journey. This is it. <laughs> oh my God. Um, let's just get into cities and have some city specific chats. I think even though it's not airing right now, as we're chatting, it's kind of not breaking news, but it's recent news that Real Housewives of New York is now going to come back effectively as two shows. They're going to use the Housewives of New York branding for a brand new cast with like that's seemingly maybe more representative of New York as a city. And then also the kind of, long-term legacy cast members that we've known for 13 plus years are going to have a spin-off show of their own so having heard this news what do you make of it and 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 what do you think is going to happen with the shows 
it's so strange. Like, they they have talked about this. Like, this has been kind of like, I don't know, like the idea of um, two different, like Roni Uptown, Roni Downtown, etc. Like, that has been kind of banded about Twitter. But like, I never ever saw like an actual split of the show happening. And I don't know how to feel about it. Like, on its face, we have two versions of Real Housewives of New York. How could that possibly be a bad thing? But then I'm thinking, like, one of them's going to go on Peacock. And not that Peacock's bad. We've seen how Real Housewives of Miami is amazing. But Mm -hmm. if Peacock goes down, so do all those shows. I mean, I just, I'm so, I'm, I'm conflicted about it, but I'm optimistic. I mean, I'm... I'm never going to complain about like a Jill Zarin return. I mean, that's always going to be amazing. But yeah, I'm nervous. It makes me kind of nervous. It's yeah, it's funny what you say about Peacock because like I found it interesting in the US, the Peacock shows have ended up on Bravo airing on weekly TV anyway. Right. So I kind of feel like if Peacock was to fold, they would just migrate back to Bravo. But it's funny because Peacock is a new thing for the American Housewives viewers who, if people don't know, it's a streaming service owned by NBC and they've been, that's where Girls Javert in the US and the Miami reboot. But like, we effectively have Peacock for reality shows already. Like the way we watch in Hey You is effectively what Peacock is. So I don't know, like there's kind of, I thinking about it, I think maybe one of the things is like they're moving the established cast members to a streaming service potentially because they could probably do fewer episodes and spend less money and still give us that hit of Luan and Sonya doing something funny or whatever. But I do, I don't know. I'm excited to just take the Housewives New York branding and like place it over a story of a new group of women who if Andy Cohen in that interview with Friday that broke the story seemed really buzzed about like just finding an interesting group of people. And that to me is why we love Housewives. I mean, I love the established characters. I don't, I'm glad we're not losing them per se, but like, it is, I think, I think it's the best of both worlds because it was never going to work bringing too many new faces in and then trying to keep some of the long-time people. No, I totally agree. Like, if if they wanted to rebrand it and maybe make it a bit younger and go in a different direction, this was really the only way they could do it because they did try it and it didn't turn out exactly perfectly. So mm-hmm. um, this is probably the best way. I'm obviously optimistic, as I said, but yeah, just it feels it, I can't I can't shake this like weird feeling about it. Like it does feel like the end of an era in some ways. Do you know what? That's a great point. And I do think that like there is definitely a shift in this franchise that has yeah. obviously I mean like only the other week they're like it's sixteen years since OC debuted. So like I think they are sort of shifting like they're placing shows on streaming right, and they're like exactly. rebooting certain shows and they're also they've introduced newer shows in the last say even three four five years that have taken on a new life so like i think this is just part of the natural process i mean they could have fully cancelled new york altogether and i'm like this way we get two shows instead of like no shows yeah i do i do wonder like leah and ebony i feel like getting a little bit of a raw deal as they are newer to the roni world but it seems like they may not have a place on a legacy show but would they have a place on a new cast if they're trying fresh faces because like Leah represents downtown New York and Ebony was the first full-time cast member in New York who was black. Like those are sort of landmarks that they might want on this new cast as well. And I feel like they're getting a little bit shafted in this. Oh, true. I I, I would say so as well. Um, And also the fact that I think I seen something, it was like Andy said they interviewed, or I don't know if Andy said this, but they interviewed 50 women or something like that. And they still couldn't find like someone or or a group of women that they could settle on. So does that Mm. mean that, um, Ebony and Leah really are out of the picture for the new reboot. But he did mention mm. Ebony by name in the uh, Variety interview, interview, I think it was. 
But yeah, yeah, it does. It's looking bleak for their future. I would feel awful. And they didn't even get a reunion. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, that's the thing. It, they're, I do think it's just interesting at Housewives. They don't just, like, you know, other TV networks, even on this side of the world, if a show isn't being watched, they'll just cancel. Whereas I do think with Housewives, they really try and, like, yeah. keep the shows on air. And I mean, I know they kind of canceled Dallas, but even that, <laughs> I felt like they really tried to not cancel it. Anyway, we'll see. I mean, with this legacy New York spinoff i mean you mentioned jill zara and like who are some of the people that you would like to see aviva drescher i need to see her back <laughs> i know it's like it's such a, it's like a fantasy and like i feel like all of the women except from maybe luann probably hate her but oh god it would be so good to see her back and just to interact like put her with people she wasn't on a season with like aviva and kelly ben simone they were never on a season together i don't think so like Put them, yeah. put them together and see like the interactions they would have. I just think it would be perfect. I can't wait to see. And also I think too, like, I don't know why in my head, it's like this legacy thing is going to be eight to 10 episodes, but they'd have the freedom to maybe focus on say four or five key players as main cast. And the friend of role could be those returning characters like Aviva or Kelly where they come in for maybe the trip or they come in for a couple of events and we yeah. get a bit of them. Like, I just think it does have such potential. Whereas in Housewives World, it's quite strict around you're a friend of, you're full time and you got it. Like we saw it with Heather trying to come back to New York. So and that, I don't that, know. That tank. I, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. And that time. So I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic. Maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid and I'm like, anything Andy says is true, but I'm like, <laughs> yes, it is a good idea. It does. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm obviously like, it, it's exciting. Like, I mean, how can you complain? There's two different Real Housewives yeah. in New York shows, but yeah, I just I, can't, I still can't shake that superstitious feeling. I'm, I guess, I guess I'm just like a um, what you call it, pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, it's I want to kind of pivot just to a show that is so much newer than New York, and just ended a very long season. I've kind of just done a post mortem on it with another guest recently, but I'm so curious how you feel about Salt Lake City in general and you know even just I guess because that show feels like it's been memed a lot as well yeah. like what is it about Salt Lake City that you like and what are you kind of hoping for with the a third season? Salt Lake City is definitely like it was like a gift that I never saw coming to begin with because the things that come out of those women's mouths is just like it's chef's kiss like who else says that someone smells like hospital like that <laughs> that was gold from the start after the reunion though like I don't know I felt it, it kind of felt like I don't know like all the air had been let out of the balloon Jen really couldn't answer many questions and it yeah. just it just felt like it fell flat Obviously, I'm still excited for next season, but I'm scared at the fact that we've lost um, Mary and Jen. Jen's trial got moved up, so I don't even know if we're going to see any of that on camera. And if you're going to just give me the same old boring stuff, I don't know. I need I need to see Jen in the courtroom on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just becomes like the Real Housewives of courtroom TV, and it's just like every episode <laughs> is just forty five minutes of the day's proceedings. Like it's almost like aired like daily. Yeah, like it, Jen Shah now starting in Scandal, <laughs> <laughs> and she hires a, like a Washington DC fixer, a la Olivia Pope, to try and. Savage or you know, I would watch that. I would watch that in a heartbeat. She did say she wanted to hire Kim Kardashian. Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I feel like with Salt Lake City, and I feel like you will sort of maybe have something to say about this because you're very online, like I am. I mean, it's our <laughs> cross to bear. But like, Salt Lake City is a newer city, and I feel like the newer shows really rely on social media buzz, good or bad, and very the true. commentary and the memes. And I feel like 
they hype up stuff on Housewives because that's kind of the job of, of you keeping you interested. And then we as audiences become obsessed and hype everything up. And I feel like in a way it creates this thing where it's really hard for the shows to live up to your expectations then, even when we get a great episode like true. Jen the yeah. Rest. No, totally. I would totally agree with you there. Like it does, Salt Lake City in particular does feel like kind of a, like the ratings are good, don't get me wrong, but it does feel like mm-hmm. maybe it's more of a Twitter show than yeah. an actual like what like people like the masses watching um Salt Lake. So I do mm-hmm. I do understand that. Um and maybe we do like um kind of build up the hype a little bit more because like what what more um what was more exciting than seeing uh Jen Shah get arrested in real time via Twitter? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> there's yeah, uh, there's yeah. no day um on Twitter that I think can top that. Like I didn't get the same serotonin boost when I seen it on camera. <laughs> But it's funny you say that because even though it's a very different show in some ways, I think like Beverly Hills is having that problem with the, like that is genuinely really big ratings wise in the US, but obviously the social media conversation around that show is insane. And I do find like they spill so much about Beverly Hills via headlines and blogs. And then like someone films them on their vacation (laughs) and says a rumor about this thing. And then also like small stuff like, I feel like I've seen all the confessional looks, yeah. all the credit opening credit reveals of outfits. And I'm just like, Beverly Hills also just, I'm a bit like, can we not report on every inch of this so I can actually watch it fresh in totally. two to three months time? You know, it's weird. Totally. I totally agree with you. They are quite bad for that. Um, I don't know, obviously, when that specifically started. Um, I'm actually like relatively new to like engaging in Housewives on Twitter in like this mm-hmm. capacity. So it's like, I don't know when that would have started, but it did seem as if it kind of started during like the puppy gate kind of thing. And like when that story got leaked and like, obviously people were talking about it months before and then it aired and then people had their opinions and people were saying, oh, are we just going to talk about this the whole season? So yeah, that probably um, is quite similar to Salt Lake City in that sense as well. Yeah. And you're right, actually. And you forget that there's also the thing that some of the women are probably leaking stories. And also it's something as obvious as stories about Beverly Hills probably do really well for all these outlets. So they all want to report on it like nonstop. But at times at Beverly Hills, I'm like, I actually need to tune this out. Like sometimes that's, that stands to Potomac's advantage. I feel like the fact that you don't know every inch of what happens in Potomac until you watch, because then it actually unfolds as a viewer. No, truly. And Potomac is like, I feel like it's still kind of a hidden gem. Like, I don't feel like it gets enough um, credence mm. from, like, the masses, like, as to how good a show it is. I've seen, I can't remember who tweeted this, so please forgive me, but they said, like, we're now at a point where recommending that someone start their Real Housewives journey with Real Housewives of Potomac is, like, what you should do. And I totally agree. Like, it is such a gold standard show. I wanted to ask you about this city, or franchise, I always say city, because it's kind of a classic, but I was listening to you on Mandy Sultzker's podcast, Is This Real Life? And you yes. said that you were kind of not really into the season of New Jersey. And I was oh. curious about how you feel about the season and the show in general, because it is such a specific kind of entry into the franchise. Yeah, it's like, I just don't know if it's like my housewife show. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. I d- mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like, I've tried to watch this season and I did watch this week's episode and I found it more enjoyable than I have the other episodes. I don't think I even watched last week's because I was just kind of done with it. But yeah, like, it's just not as entertaining to me. Like, it does seem like it's been the Teresa show for quite some time now. And she's just kind of gets boring at times. Like, it's just the same kind of arguments with 
Teresa mm. and her family and like Joe Gorga says something misogynistic and everyone's okay <laughs> with it and it's like uh-huh. it's just like the same oh, old God. same old <laughs> yeah it's so funny like at one point it was the biggest housewife show or one of the biggest then it took a dip then I feel like it was kind of underrated and how consistent it was but I understand what you mean about I don't know if it's my show because I do find like you do kind of gravitate towards because each housewife show was so different really yeah in terms like when you break it down like some of them will appeal to you for different reasons like I do enjoy watching Jersey but at times the family relationship all the men involved vibe doesn't appeal to me as much as like women getting drunk and acting the fool in New York like it is like it's almost (laughs) like a mood thing where you're like oh and I think it's also let's be honest we're two gays watching these shows like sometimes I think like queer audiences take something different from housewives like you forget you're like well there's like straight women watching who not obviously not all straight women have the same perspective but like maybe there are people who in other audience groups who relate to x because that's oh yeah totally their life totally like and I'm definitely not even like taking that away from anyone like I'm sure like Jersey has its like core fan base like for a reason, but th- mm-hmm. it just doesn't appeal to me as much as like um New York or Beverly Hills um purely yeah. because like I don't know, they're just much more eccentric, maybe. And Jersey's mm-hmm. a bit more like down to earth, which is fine, but I don't know. And you're right, I think I would agree with you a little bit about Teresa. Like at times I liked her on girls trip, I understand her importance on Jersey, but like at times I'm just like why this show is always going to orbit around this person yeah. and I don't particularly like them so I'm always going to feel a little bit of, of a remove from her antics on this show yeah totally she's not um enjoyable for me to watch anymore like it's fun for me when someone comes in and challenges her like Jackie and now Marge mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. apart from that like if we're just going to keep like throwing people into the gladiator ring with Teresa each season you know it's not <laughs> literally it's, what it is it's totally it's totally that isn't it and it's like it's not it's not going to produce anything new we're not going to see anything new from Teresa she's going to like throw throw a table storm off you know yeah yeah no that's, that's so true like literally you could here's a meme idea redo the poster for the movie gladiator <laughs> but it's like Teresa there you go that you can have that you can have that or if there's a meme account listening have that idea no there's such good graphic design people on twitter that can edit yeah. that like seriously yeah. someone do that and please tag me <laughs> and tag me yes. listen I need all the help I can get <laughs> let's talk about a show that's not airing at the moment but like got you into this whole thing I want to ask like what you love about Atlanta maybe some favorite moments over the years and what you're hoping for from its hopefully glorious return later this summer. Oh, God, Or this yes, summer, I, whenever it's out. Seriously, I am, like, on my hands and knees begging them to just release, like, something about it. <laughs> yeah, to, like, same. I just, I need it in my life. It feels like we're kind of in the off-season of Housewives right now, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I'm waiting for the big players to return. So I am excited for Sheree's return. Um, a favourite, favourite moment I can think of off the top of my head of Atlanta is... Basically, that whole South Africa trip, I feel like, was, like, a movie. Like, it had, like, such an emotional arc. Like, they started off, like, literally, yes. Shireen and Marlo in each other's face, cussing each other out. <laughs> but then they ended it um, kind of bonding and making up. I mean, nothing, none of it lasted. They came back to Atlanta and started fighting again. But it was still so um, funny. It just had everything. It was funny, shady, and also heartwarming. And I, you know what, in a weird way, you're talking about one like moment on the show, but I feel like that is the power of Atlanta. It's like yeah. big characters, they go there, they go in with each other, but also they still feel like real people and you still 
they're complex because yeah. like other shows, sometimes they can get stuck on the loop of we're just drinking or we're just fighting with Atlanta. Like they will fight, fight, fight. But then there is that like core, I don't like, know, sisterhood or something. They're yeah, definitely yeah. like I feel like it's a genuine sisterhood like from obviously like there's there's players that come and go and you can tell who isn't mm-hmm. genuinely bonding but through the years of Atlanta it did kind of seem like they had like a kind of core sisterhood I mean even Needy and Kim as much as they fought they have this weird bond at the end of the day that they always kind of seem to come back to yeah. and I think that's basically Atlanta summed up and that's basically what yeah. I love to watch is like the the reconciliation of um, maybe two people that you that you two housewives that you like that maybe don't like each other but when they start to Mm -hmm. go on it's like such a heartwarming feeling as a viewer that's so true and it's also that thing of like i think the cliche is oh they just want to see fights and it's actually like as you say no we want kind of the arc like we want to see obviously conflict but we also like seeing hey i'm sorry let's try and form a connection like that is actually really satisfying totally totally and it just it it makes for much a nicer viewing you don't feel like you have Mm. to pick sides you know that they've like kind of resolved um their issues etc let's discuss oc which is sort of and we were talking about like the shifts in this franchise in general and like rebooting and stuff and effectively oc has had something of a reboot this year which i feel like is a slow burn but is for me anyway it's working overall i don't know about you i don't know how you feel about this season and also maybe the show in general like i will admit i'm a little bit behind in my oc scholarship i don't know where you are i am i'm caught up um but i when i say caught up there is a lot of times that i'm looking at my phone i'm doing other things um Mm -hmm. like i i'm not one for the solo uh, kind of family scenes on oc the drama between um jen and her husband and noella and her ex-husband it does kind of get grating on me a bit. And I'm sure that, mm-hmm. like, obviously, as I said before, there's lots of, like, an audience for that, but just not for me. Um, I, I did um, like it until the end of the cast trip, the first cast trip, but now I see that they're going to Aspen and they drop, like, a kind of um, teaser at the end of this week's episode, which looks mm-hmm. amazing. So um, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, and cast trips are always, like, kind of make or break, Definitely. just in terms of, like, seeing where shit is landing with all the cast, so that's true. Miami came back and kind of won our hearts. I'm curious how you felt about it, and, like, I just, again, because you're so online, like, it, that felt, maybe because it was streaming in the US, that felt like a show that was really driven by, like, online conversation. Oh, totally. And I think, like, I think that just speaks to, um like, what Andy was saying. Like, there was, there were, there's a, there's already like a fervent fan base for Miami out there anyway. So why wouldn't Peacock like pick it up and reboot it? And mm-hmm. um, I think it did like really well. Um, Alexia, I think, carried the show on her back with like the amount yeah. of storylines she was just throwing out. Like yeah. she was just like shuffling the deck and saying, okay, what should I pull oh, out today? Would you look at that? My mum is approaching death. Yeah. Well, guys, another day in the life of Alexia. <laughs> Not to be glib because a lot of the shit was really heavy, but no. it was just, it became almost... Co- darkly comic because you were like jesus christ this woman is just having the year from hell and we happen to have the cameras on her like it didn't feel forced at all no totally i i totally agree with you like it was like ju- it was like almost comical because like how can these things keep happening and obviously like i mean not for nothing i'm sure like um she was like not oh, this is going to sound terrible she wasn't grateful but like i'm sure like it paid off in her favor to have like so much going on in her life rather compared to Adriana who really just kind of came in and like 
fault with people yeah. and got pat with a friend of role. And that's not to say I don't love my Adriana. I do. But I do hope they recognize their potential next season. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, as in, Alexi went through so much turmoil, but at least it also, like, it being on the show probably, like, helped her probably deal with it, but also it made her a part of the show in a real way. So, yeah, it was just funny. Like, I mean, I came to that show completely cold with this new reboot, and I was curious who I would gravitate towards if I'd even enjoy it. And I just found it so enjoyable, like, getting to know these kind of people that, A, had history, and then the newbies that kind of, mixed really well it was such a nice format like they got the casting pretty much on point i would say um i was sad that um gerdy wasn't um more involved at the reunion and i was sad that kiki wasn't at the reunion but um apart from that i think they have like a solid cast i think they do and like if they all just came back in the same formation for another season i wouldn't be mad at all and maybe as you say it would be nice i think one or two people could be full-time if there if there was room for it like i mean Marisol is just so funny to me. Yeah. Like, she's just so quick witted. Even when I don't agree with what she's saying, I'm like, okay, this bitch is funny. So, she's more more sippy cup Marisol is fine by me. She is definitely um, a lot of fun to watch. I will give her that. Like, and as you said, like, I don't always agree with like her point of view on things and where she's coming mm-hmm. from in arguments, etc. But she's funny to watch. Um, I can't deny that. For sure. Uh, from Miami to Melbourne, you mentioned you watched the Australian cities. I'm just, <laughs> I have to know your feelings on Melbourne. And you know what? It's not quite as legendary, but Sydney is in the mix there as well. Oh, Sydney. I mean, oh, God, like, where do you even <laughs> start with Sydney? That is like, and like, they need to reboot that in some form, please. Like, we're in the, mm. we're in the season of reboots, it feels so Sydney needs yes. to take a page. Um, God, like, where, where do you begin? Like, Melbourne <laughs> is like on another tier of housewives. It's like they got the most fabulous, um, I don't know, reality hungry woman, but without being reality hungry. Does that make sense? Like, um, yeah, yeah. Like Gina came on the show and she was clearly like just a reality TV show dream. And the other woman naturally like reacting to like how to navigate that. It's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's so true. Like whatever way they set up Melbourne, they all felt really ready to go, but also they all felt like they would behave like this even if they weren't on camera totally. and that is sort of the that's sort of the sweet spot where they're like willing to act out but also you're like they would have this fight if we weren't here yeah no totally and i get that vibe most from uh, janet roach like i feel like she is the <laughs> exact same person on and off camera totally um mm-hmm. and oh god she just makes me laugh anything she says is hilarious <laughs> What did you make of their, their, it wasn't a reboot, but they came back after quite a long break and yeah. they didn't have Gina, but they, I mean, I really thought Janet was on fire in this new oh, season, God. but it, I enjoyed it. It did not scale the heights for me of previous seasons, yeah. but I did think it, people were a little bit harsh in it because we had such high expectations. I'm curious how you felt about it this time around. I think you're right that people were maybe kind of overly harsh on it um, because mm. of, and I think that's also the fault of Foxtel for announcing a cast with Gina and Lydia still on it and then changing it because I cannot tell you how long I waited for some kind of announcement on uh, the return of Melbourne and who was coming back, etc. And when they finally announced that cast with Gina and Lydia still on it, I was like, oh my God, it's great. Everything's perfect. We're, we're getting another season of Melbourne. All is right in the universe. And then... As Kyle Richards would say, we were all so happy that day. It's hard to imagine <laughs> how everything would turn out. 
Like it got so <laughs> terrible. Like how can they fire Gina and Lydia? I think that's why people were so like they were just ready to hate that season. Um, but on a rewatch, I realised that it's actually not, it's not terrible. Like, I mean, it's still kind of hilarious. Like, Angelie accusing Janet of breaking into the apartment. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Yeah. And Angelie, like, just, I mean, first of all, it felt like at some point she decided she was above the entire enterprise, which I'm like, yeah. that's your first mistake. But also, and I can say this because I work in radio, so I know a broadcaster voice when I hear one, <laughs> and she just... She always kind of talked like she was delivering the news. And it was like, you're on Housewives. Like, you can't be like, Janet, no, no, no. I was like, like, you're not delivering the bulletin at 11. You can't talk like this with these people. It just, it was just, it became comical. Like, she was constantly trying to, like, have the final say and deliver it like it was, you know, you know, like on a news broadcast and go, my final thought for the day. It was like that, but everything. I was like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, it was just like, but then I, like, you know, it's just. It was tough. It was really tough. Yeah. I also do think like, I don't know if Gina and Lydia were fired so much as Gina said, I actually don't want to do this. And Lydia, from what I have heard from like Australian (laughs) sources that I have, that was like, basically Lydia said, well, if she's not doing it, I'm not dealing with Gina on my own. And she walked as well. Because I don't think the network would have wanted to lose Gina in particular, but yeah, I don't know. It's also that just slightly frustrating thing with how Melbourne airs. Like, like the season is shorter, and then yeah. they don't really set up that it's the finale. Like, they did. It was obviously the finale, but it didn't kind of feel like a finale. You don't get a reunion. And so now it's like, we don't know if there'll be a sixth season, whereas at least in American Housewives, their production thing generally is pretty consistent, and you kind of know it'll be back. Like, yeah. I want them to stick with this cast. Maybe drop in a couple of people. Maybe try and get, like, Chica back full-time. And keep going because I felt like they were building momentum near the end and now it's like well what now you know yeah I think you're totally right like imagine if this was like an extended kind of American season they they were building like a lot of momentum towards the end and I think that would have maybe yeah. like allowed um a lo- maybe some air out of the balloon like is that that is that an expression air out of the balloon yeah I'm gonna go with yeah. it no yeah 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 it is, it is. <laughs> um, so, so and, and it just like decrease some of the pressure and um, maybe it just allowed them to actually have the reunion to conclude the season. Like, I still don't understand that decision to not have it. I guess there was people behind the scenes saying they wouldn't film it. Um, I did see rumours that, like, Kyla was saying that, but who knows? And it could have just been something simple, like budget as well. I mean, I just feel like we were deprived... We were deprived another chance to see Alex Perry with his sunglasses (laughs) on his head grill these women. And that... For that, I am annoyed. Foxtel, if you're listening, that wasn't fair. No, it was not fair, and we are coming for you. <laughs> also, I'm sure you will appreciate this, because I feel like anyone who makes memes picks up on the details. I love how, like, obviously on all the Housewives shows, we get establishing shots of, you know, a cast member walking somewhere to go for lunch to meet someone else or whatever. But in Melbourne, I don't, I've never been to Melbourne. I don't mean to piss off any Australians <laughs> listening. But when you would get these shots of them walking down these random side streets yes. that looked really, like blah blah and kind of normal and they're going into this boutique but they're in full housewives glamour yeah. i was like this is so like high low like it's so weird it's so funny um that actually just reminded me of that scene <laughs> i think it's like episode one of melbourne where like janet goes to that hairdressers and it's just like some random yeah, like she's in the window yeah, it's like it's just some random village street that they're walking down like it's so funny at least like any any uk village like scene is insane yes. Well, it's the thing. And again, like, I've never been to Australia, yeah. so I, I'm completely talking on my ass. But it, it is a bit like seeing random high streets 
bases that don't look super glamorous and like that's fine <laughs> yeah. like, I live something in a very unglamorous yeah, part of myself, but like it's just funny on the American shows they really are always in very luxe settings and sometimes in Melbourne I would laugh at these hilarious establishing shots or they'd be walking down a path that was just like so we had like chewing gum yeah. from what and I was like they do a zoom in on their shoes and I was like this is so like it looks so bad there's like fag ash and fag butts like yeah <laughs> literally and, and it was always like they love a slow-mo establishing shot in Melbourne and like a hard zoom in on the women and so that you're really taking in what do love surroundings like, are those cinematic like almost like yeah. drone shots of the women like yeah. walking down the street particularly of Kyla I was like I feel like I saw some maybe because she was new and they were trying to introduce her but I was like I feel like I'm just seeing endless shots of Kyla like <laughs> walking in slow-mo down like some grotty paths I was just like oh my god this is just so funny. you know anyway. she directed them to get a crane <laughs> yeah and I just yeah Kyla was kind of she kind of cracked me up the way she was so um earnest about everything <laughs> but also very like not very much like wasn't kind of good at the housewives lines Oh god, you she know, was like, terrible. Like, what was that thing? She was like that Brianna song. I did not love the way you lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, shut up. Oh my god, stop. It's like, no, you need to get some writers on your team ASAP. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyways, I still want a sixth season, even if I didn't love all the five. Oh, totally. um, we mentioned Atomic earlier. I'd love to just talk about what you why you think it's a show people should check out or like, you know, what you would like to see when it comes back for a new season. Because again, we know kind of that they're filming but it's kind of a bit more mysterious which personally I much prefer yeah same I do like to not know um kind of like every single detail of a storyline before the season comes out it is nice to get some kind of surprises I will say I did see something and I cannot confirm how legitimate this is but that Mia um, might be back for season seven and if so I am so happy like I can't tell you how much of a breath of fresh air I felt she was last season like, I know she was messy, but that's kind of, I feel like we yeah. need that kind of um, presence to shake it up. Like, we can't let things mm-hmm. get too stale, and she is ready to shake it up. I agree. I mean, like, I think for whatever reason, there's been just a bit more of, like, a gap between the reunion and filming. And so all these rumors have bubbled up, and she's tweeted things that have felt very, like, indirectly saying she's not coming back. So, like, exactly. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping I want her back, too. That's what I was scared about. And then I did see... An, Listen, these Twitter sources these days are getting wilder and wilder. Oof. So do, And they're not always very no, accurate. <laughs> so do not quote me on this. But if she is back, I will be so happy because like she I just loved her last season. I just loved to mm. watch her. And our family storyline was like really yeah. like heart not heart real. not heartwarming, but it touched my heart. It was like really real. Yeah, it was real. I wanna ask you, you kinda told me earlier on how you got started doing memes and funny stuff online and like you know, you found this amazing audience already. Like I just see so many people sharing your stuff, but also just like enjoying what you do. And I'm curious, making memes and being online in that way and being, I guess, so tied to this fandom now, what are good things about it and what are maybe the bad things about it? Because I feel like you probably see kind of all sides of it. Oh God. (laughs) Uh, You're like, (laughs) how much time do you have? (laughs) Um, So, like, the good thing about it always is just, like, finding people that, like, appreciate the same kind of, like, sometimes, like, super niche, like, things, like, about housewives that I, like, sometimes I can just tweet, like, a housewife saying, like, three words that I think will just be, like, hilarious to me, but most people won't understand, and then seeing people, like, 
think it's funny and like that's heartwarming to me like oh my god i'm not just some freak like there is actually other people with my sense of humor out there so like that's a positive but um also i don't know like people can be so like and i get it like we're watching these tv shows and like we can get so invested and i think like twitter like when you scroll through and you read these tweets every day like of these fans of these housewives like arguing with each other it's easy to get caught into it but it's like sometimes Mm. it's not that deep like sometimes we're just watching it to laugh and like i just want to watch these shows to have fun and then like if i tweet something like really stupid and then like people say like just the most outlandish stuff um about the housewives and the clip and it's like oh my god just like leave me alone just block me like (laughs) you don't have to watch you don't have to follow these tweets i that's so funny you say that because i do like obviously everyone can have an opinion fine but also everyone has an opinion and sometimes i'm like i actually don't want to do a back and forth with all of you i'm sorry like first of all i do not have half the following you do online and i'm not trying to be like rude or dismissive but like it's just sometimes some people just go that bit too far a a as you say there's either the vitriol or b it's just like blah 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 blah. you're like i posted dorit saying three words like i this is not a room this is not an invitation for you to come in and like go off for like totally 10 minutes it's so weird it's so weird totally and it's like and please don't have like back and forths in my mentions about things like oh god i'd say your mentions are hell no like (gasps) see and it's like i i don't obviously obviously i don't like to like think of myself as having like a large following but like sometimes like i can like forget like that a lot of people can see the stupid tweets that i make and like sometimes i will <laughs> i will just regret it like and delete it because it's just not worth the hassle have you ever like and listen i'm not a fan of the cancel culture conversation i think it's really dull and uninteresting yeah. but obviously humor is very subjective and i feel like with the memes it's always kind of if you get it you get it if you don't you don't which totally. is humor in general right but i'm just curious has there ever been like a silly post that you did just for fun that either kind of got you into trouble or just connected with say one part of the audience where the other parts did not get it at all oh my god i think there was one what was that i said i'm trying to think now it was like i think it was like there was there was something on the timeline about tesla robots and i had this picture or this video of nini when she was like um going in on kim at the miami place and i put like a robot noise over it and i was like my (laughs) my tesla bot when i call it a slur now when i said slur i was thinking like faggot or something oh god i don't know if i can say that on your podcast (laughs) you can say say that (laughs) i don't know how you said that word and then you were like like just let me double check but like yeah like i just i wasn't thinking anything of it and then people took it like a different way so i was like oh jesus christ like i'm sorry like i did not mean and obviously i'm never wanting to like if people are like genuinely offended like i will delete like i genuinely will delete if people are like actually upset so like i deleted yeah. that one because i was like i don't want like any drama but it just shows like sometimes i have to be like extra mindful like and like triple think through my tweets of like possible scenarios before i hit tweet because like people yeah. can take it several different ways i can sort of see what you mean there because obviously because nini is black there is a conversation about black women being used by like white people on social media like to almost like there's a little bit of a thing there where sometimes it can become a kind of racial parody and I could see no, why totally. it in the wrong hands or even, oh, because you, you slur in your caption that maybe people exactly. thought you were trying to be like, but also my brain would have gone to like, 
a gay slur because that's the kind of humor that I make with friends about gay stuff online. So I could, it's just tricky, isn't it? Because this isn't you like being blacklisted or canceled, but also it is a nuance where you're like, oh shit, like this goes to these people, but then it reaches people who don't follow me. And actually exactly. they have a point, but also I wasn't coming from that place. And intention is very hard to read online. Oh, totally. Terms. Like, and I think it's like 240 characters. You can't put it in. And like, that's, yeah. that's why I deleted it because like, I don't want to ever come across like I'm yeah. trying to like, I don't know, like, oh God, I'm so like, so well, you just don't, you don't want to be like, you know, some people who do just thrill in being offensive and they're dickheads as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, if you've got a problem, I don't care. And it's like, that's also not a nice way to engage no. online either. <laughs> it's like, I never want that to be me. Like, if you are genuinely yeah. offended, I will listen to the argument that you pose. And if, um, obviously I, I have limited I don't want to ever tell like someone who's a minority that I'm not yeah. that how they should feel. So I will ov- yeah. obviously always like delete, but it's just like, I obviously never ever want to like hurt anyone. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I think it is just means, but also like, it is like, I can understand when people take something the wrong way, but I mean, we're talking about that, which is a specific example, but like, has a housewife ever come across one of your tweets or posts and engage with it? Because I feel like you have such a specific sense of humor. I would just imagine like some housewife being like, what is this meme? I've, I've been tagged in. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> Melissa Gorga, I think actually oh, said, <laughs> I, I put a picture of her and Kim D up and I said, what did I say? I, th- I said it was Lady Gaga and Donatella Versace, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and what did she say? I think she seen it and I think she just commented like crying laughing emojis. So like she, okay, she took it on okay. the chin, but I haven't actually been like cancelled by a housewife <laughs> before but honestly that is one cancellation i am open for like please okay. send them my way like lisa renna oh. specifically like that would be fun i would like to get in a twi- twitter war with lisa renna oh with them fighting words you might regret that <laughs> no god in fact you know what edit that out take that out i don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> i kind of want to leave it in there because it's so funny that you're like yeah and in fact lisa renna meet me outside yes. <laughs> drop a pin <laughs> no totally um I feel like you probably could have said Jennifer Lopez and Donatella Versace and she would have been like, I know, everyone says I look like J-Lo. Oh my God. Do you know what? That, <laughs> that's actually something I should have put because like she would have put it on her story and everything. Yeah. Because anyway, like she's like convinced she's Jersey's J-Lo, which I am like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, I mean, like to be fair, I think she's really the closest thing Jersey has to J-Lo. <laughs> like, let's be, let's be serious. I imagine you went to like she should do a side hustle in like um like you might like people like you'll see these people online like her some random like Sue something or other the singer from like middle of nowhere in England is also a Lady Gaga impersonator on the weekend she she puts on like recreations of outfits like <laughs> Melissa could have a side hustle as like a JLo impersonator maybe that's a little bit problematic given that Melissa is still white but you know what I mean I know no no totally like <laughs> that is that's something um, I think um, Jersey suffers from as well especially with Dolores like I think there's like questionable Oof. like racial like um, as- ambiguity there <laughs> As Wendy Williams once said, Black Dolores, which <laughs> I know, will never forget. That oh literally, the, the fact that she just said it like so nonchalantly to Dolores' face as well, like that was just, it killed me. Oh, we need Wendy back. We really need Wendy back. Mm-hmm. We do need her back. As someone who is so into Housewives, I'm so, so curious what your answer to this will be. What would your Housewives tagline be and why? Oh, God. 
I always default to like this <laughs> this one trainer lyric that I have like held with me throughout my life. <laughs> like, since... sorry, I just <laughs> this one tra- that I've it's like <laughs> it's like a prayer it or is, a poem. It really is. It's I've like, held it. I've held this to my heart it is for years. Shakespearean. <laughs> trust me, when you hear this, you'll okay, understand. I need to hear this. I'm not that bitch. I'm that other bitch. <laughs> like i'm sorry like wow it is very housewives that is like the campiest like it has it mm. holds such mystique like first of all who is that bitch and who's that other bitch like we need to find out that about the other bitch really like <laughs> yeah yeah so that is my default tagline <laughs> I believe it's a lyric from Trina that I've held close to my heart. I'm just imagining you like like very Lady Gaga style elaborating on that in like an interview. That's so neat. I did say I was on my House of Gucci press tour, so I'm just continuing. <laughs> it's very that. Um, I love asking guests this question, and I don't doubt that you're going to have like something amazing for this. If you're throwing a dinner party, you can have five people from Housewives over. They can be the Housewives themselves, friends of, husbands, whoever. Who is coming over for dinner and why? Um, first guest, Alison Dubois. I think <laughs> chaos. Yeah, chaos. Yeah, that just that it speaks for itself. Um, and hopefully, um, Camille Grammer to mix the drinks um, <laughs> and the drama and the drama, of course. Um, Dorinda Medley needs to come because mm-hmm. she has started a cooking channel on YouTube and um, she can cook. Oh yes, Taylor Armstrong. And I'm blanking now. Maybe, maybe, maybe Sheree, actually. Oh, that's a very eclectic group. I think Sheree would get, the, I, Sheree would get everyone riled up. She, that's a talent of <laughs> hers. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I also feel like I would love to see Sheree and Dorinda interact. I don't, that's so fascinating to me. Sheree and Dorinda would go on like a house on fire, I feel Mm. especially in that group like they would they would be in the back watching just observing them all yeah and i feel like between the two of them that they would like ha- they'd have kind of such a read of the room like totally. on the temperature of the room totally like they, they'd be the narrators <laughs> okay okay i love that that was such an interesting mix of people and um, i know you kind of watch everything and you've binge watch shows but in terms of your housewives viewing habits is there a show that you're dying to get around to or one that you're like going back to to rewatch like what's kind of next on your viewing list currently rewatching season five of new york city um mm-hmm. purely because i miss aviva and i really want her back <laughs> oh my God. um and also i really have to get into below deck um down under and mm-hmm. just generally get back into below deck i, I, I took it so personally when kate and hannah left that like mm-hmm. I have not been able to watch since but um I think that actually goes back to what we were talking about before like it it, it was my show and then it wasn't my show like it wasn't mm-hmm. queer enough for me and I know that um Hannah obviously wasn't queer but like I don't know like there was the, the energy that Kate gave off and then like just the nonchalantness that Hannah gave off she didn't really give a fuck about the guests and it just I don't know it just doesn't feel the same anymore but I do love Aisha so I'm going to try down under See, I still haven't gone near Below Deck. Like, I just have you not? It's no, I'm so bad with the non housewife yeah, shows. I'm I like, get it. Oh. I totally get it. Mm, it doesn't like. I do think if I was to get into it, I would like it. It's just, I don't know. I can't put my finger on. 
I think some of it is just sometimes I feel overwhelmed by keeping up with housewives that oh, it's totally. honestly just that. Like, no, totally. And because I love Drag Race, I'm like, oh my God, these are two fucking mammoth franchises that never stop. Oh God. Like, I can't, I can't add another Drag show Race has mix. been on since the dawn of time this season. And I love it. And I love yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's like, you can't complain because like weekly you have a new episode, but it's like, oh my yeah. God, like it has been airing for ages. Yeah, it's funny because as we're talking, I'm getting ready for a trip to New York and like, initially when I booked it, I thought, ooh, like, Drag Race is on now, but, like, by the time I'm in New York, it could be, like, the finale, and I can watch the finale <laughs> live in New York, and I'm like, no, by the time you're in New York, it'll just be, like, there's 80 left, <laughs> there's maybe seven of you that like, it's gonna be another week, I was like, don't get excited, <laughs> like, you're not gonna be, you're not timing your trip to anything, because that show will run for 800 years. It just brought back the entire cast and just decided <laughs> to do the season again. I'm bringing back the entire cast of season... <laughs> 11 and they just all come in that would be iconic and he's that actually needs to be a plan for for a season in the future when they start running out of steam yeah god listen i i sometimes i wonder why i don't just do a drag race podcast um <laughs> before uh, before we go if people want to check you out on social media where can they do so you can find me on um, instagram and twitter and tiktok at yolanda <gasps> fester Oh my God, A, you're on three platforms and B, you have secured the handle for all of them. I have. I made sure, I think initially when I tried to get Instagram, it wouldn't let me. And I was like, okay, I guess it's because it has Fister in the name. That's understandable. (laughs) Um, But then randomly, like I tried to get it like one day um, the other month and then it let me. So I just decided to change it there as well. Okay, amazing. I I did love your era of being called Bravo Bussy because that's such a specific slang term in like lgbt world and when like <laughs> there'd be like these random pages being like at bravo bussy is so yeah. funny and i'm like i don't think this account knows no. what bussy is no, no. i was like totally. i love this i love that this term is reaching people that it was not reaching before <laughs> <laughs> just call me an lgbt ad- advocate <laughs> true you're paving the way and um, well listen you crack me up and so many people up online and i it's so fun to actually pick your brain about the shows in this way as well and um, blair wilson thank you. thank you very much for coming on housewives and me oh, thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure thank you so much that was blair wilson here on housewives and me you can follow blair at yolanda fister on twitter instagram and tiktok there you go. can get your feast your fill of great housewives memes by following him there as always you can follow this show at housewives and me on twitter and instagram as well i just don't think i have it in me to set up a tiktok just yet i don't think i can do it and you can find me it's connor Bean on twitter and instagram as well as i mentioned at the start of the show the show will be taking a little bit of a break in april we'll be back with brand new episodes on the 26th obviously if you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts you will be updated when the new episode drops it'll be right there for you ready on the 26th and of course if you leave a rating or review wherever you listen i'd much appreciate it as it does help get the word out about the show i think i'm gonna be on a friend's podcast this week which is housewives theme so i will let you know about that that'll be kind of like a nice little placeholder until i'm back on the 26th as well so until next time thank you very much for listening stay safe and i'll talk to you soon 